Welcome to the Unusual and Human Experience podcast, where we explore a mystery that has many faces and interacts with humanity all over the globe. Here, we talk about the unusual, ancient, and contemporary. If you are curious about near-death and out-of-body experiences, encounters with UFOs, events of the paranormal, or even strange esoteric experiences, the Unusual and Human Experience podcast is for you. Host Kevin Keyless, a psychotherapist by trade, provides insightful conversations, sometimes with guest speakers familiar with the topic at hand. This podcast is educational and inspirational, its contents representing only the opinion of the host and, when applicable, his guest. Kevin is the author of three books, Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom, Last Breath Awareness, and Spiritual Care to Elderly and Dying Loved Ones and the founder of Conversing with Death, an existential training on last breath awareness. For more about his services, go to bodymindmetaphor.com. And now your host, Kevin Keyless. Welcome to the Unusual and Human Experience podcast. My name is Kevin, and today we're going to look at how I, as a psychotherapist, work with the topic of UFO or UAP. I want to thank those who have subscribed to this channel by doing so. You make it easier for those who are looking for channels like these to find me. Now, before we get into the heart of the matter, let me share three things in passing. Number one, who was the psychologist who worked with a woman, a medium by the name of Leonora Piper, and he went on to call her the White Crow? Number two, who was the astronomer who did quite a bit of investigation on UFO reports and faced a type of opposition from some scientists and the military, a type that he called, it can't be, therefore it doesn't exist? And three, true or false, credibility into unusual phenomenon that is reported by people can gain strength when similar experiences are reported in various parts of the world. True or false. And now on to the theme of the day, how I as a psychotherapist work with the topic of UFO or UAP. If you know of anyone who is a psychotherapist and who has an interest in this field, Let them know about this episode. This will certainly speak to you, but it can also be of support to psychotherapists who want to work with experiencers, people who have had unusual phenomena. Now, the first thing I want to do when someone shares with me their experiences, I want to honor them. I want to honor the observer. I don't want to take on questions that would demean their experience. Instead, I want to honor their experience. Think about it. These are folks who have held these stories for quite some time, and they don't necessarily share them with just everybody for fear of being rejected. And we've already seen in previous episodes where that has happened at a very high price. And who am I to say that something cannot happen or that something is too strange to be true? We know that there are weird things or strange things that do happen and that people, very functioning human beings, hold on to, and they go without question. And it should be the same for this topic. Unfortunately, it hasn't. 
some who have experienced some encounter with a UFO or UAP, have experienced rejection, have been laughed at, mocked, and in some cases threatened. A type of mental and emotional anguish that should not be. So it is important for me to set a very safe environment for the observer to share his or her story. Whether I believe in UFOs or UAPs is irrelevant. Now, I have worked for many years in and outside of psychotherapy with people. And one thing that I have tried to do over the years is to honor their experience. I didn't believe all the stories or the narratives that I heard, but it isn't about me. It's about honoring the person's experience, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Now, I say that for those of you psychotherapists who are really interested in this field, but find that you can't quite come to terms in believing in the existence of UFO or the narratives that some experiencers might share. But this is something that we as psychotherapists are used to because people come to us all the time with different stories and narratives, and we don't have to subscribe to their story. What we want to do is honor their story. And what better way of honoring the person and the story than by holding back from categorizing their story as pathological from the get-go? Going back to the three things in passing, it was J. Allen Hynek who faced the opposition where people were basically closed-minded. They said, it can't be, therefore it doesn't exist. We as therapists don't want to do that. Body Mind Metaphor offers a range of virtual monthly groups to professionals looking for support, guidance, and up-to-date education. If you're a professional counselor, healthcare discipline, social worker, or pastoral counselor, you can choose from an exceptional list. If you're an experiencer, there's more exciting news. Body Mind Metaphor runs a free online monthly support group, a place for the experiencer, where you can talk with others about the challenges you face and learn how to make your mysterious encounter work for you. Seats are limited to eight members, so act now. For more information, go to bodymindmetaphor.com. One of the things that I learned to do a long time ago when I worked in hospice, it was vigorous training on this, was to be able to what they call suspend judgment. Suspending my judgment as a chaplain, whatever I believe, whatever I think, I would put that on hold as much as possible, given that we do function out of our biases, but as much as possible to withhold our judgment in order to be able to reach the person. And I got to do just that. I felt rather successful. I worked with people who believed in God, however they defined God. I worked with atheists. I worked with agnostics. And I was rather successful in this because it was very sincere. It was something that I felt was very important to do because at the end of the day, it wasn't about what I believe or what I thought, but how I could help the patients integrate their stories, their belief systems into their dying process. Now, it is no secret that having this podcast and already sharing some things about myself in previous episodes, I am a believer. I do believe in UFOs or UAPs. I do believe in encounters. 
And as I might have mentioned before, every morning I get up around 4 a.m., I meditate, pray, then I have my cup of coffee and I step outside. I look at the stars, the magnificent, magnificent planets, the moon. And then I sit and watch. Just maybe, maybe. Now, an assessment is in order. In fact, it is always in order. Whether you are an experiencer or someone who has encountered unusual phenomena or just someone who just comes for something else, an assessment is an appropriate and necessary tool in order to rule out any major concerns. So there is a process in which I do screen, a process by which I do try to assess for any major concerns that could interfere with a person's mental health. Now, having said that, this does not mean that a mental history or some type of diagnosis or potential diagnosis is the root cause of these strange events or these encounters. In my research, I have found some making associations between a particular diagnosis and these strange experiences, as if to say that this is why such a person or people have these types of experiences, and then they associate it with some type of diagnosis. I want to be careful with that. Not to say that in some places it can constitute that, but for the most part, Many of the folks that I am meeting and many of the folks that I encounter who have a form of a really unusual experience are very functional, good-working people, honest, with no intentions to deceive. Now, once I have completed my assessment, which is really ongoing, but nevertheless, we've ruled out everything we need to rule out in order to ensure that there are no concerns. Then we begin to explore the story or the narrative. Then we begin to explore how this experience has impacted the person's life. And this includes their personal life, career, and personal relationships. We've already talked about the impact that such experiences can make on a person's life. And I'm always interested in finding out how has this experience impacted your life for the better and maybe for the worse. Because there are places where these experiences produce great amounts of distress and in some cases trauma. Now some of the experiences are recent and so the recall is not necessarily difficult. And they can talk about their experiences, they can talk about how it's impacting their lives, their careers, their relationships. But other experiences, and often a number of experiences, go way back. The report is that it often happens or begins to happen around childhood. When that's the case, it's very difficult to come across the material, to gather the material, and then to further understand what it's doing to their lives now. And this is a complex process when you think about it. The brain is so complex. How does it encode information? How does it actually select what to encode? How does it recode it in order for it to make sense of already existing material? 
some of which we're aware of, much of it that we don't. And then how does the brain store all these pieces of information and then recall them if we're able to? And then the question becomes, are we able to recall it? And if we can recall it, is the memory the same? All of these pieces make for a very complex process when it comes to memory, things that we experience way back when. Now, I don't want to sound discouraging. I do believe we can work with explicit memory in some form or fashion. But even in everyday life, the brain is doing the very exact thing. It is encoding information, selecting some material and not others, And then it is recoding it for us to then make sense of our world, our experiences. It stores the information. And then at some point, if we need to or want to or can, we can recall the information necessary. This happens on every day. And yet we can rely on some baseline reporting. Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom brings together two healing communities, the psychotherapist and the witchy at heart. Only you'll be lucky to find them anywhere in the same room. The therapist easily misunderstands and labels the mystic, who in turn worries she'll be labeled crazy. But what happens when the esoteric practitioner seeks mental and emotional support to balance her often strange but sacred practice? This concise text guides the therapist to correct his miscalculations by dismantling those dormant stereotypes. The professional paves the way to offer necessary wisdom and skills to manage trauma, clinical depression and anxiety. The very things that can threaten the esoteric practitioner. Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom also supplies the potential client with direction on how to effectively use therapy to prevent emotional unsteadiness while exercising those slippery rituals. Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom now on Amazon in hardcover and paperback. Now, before I move into the third point of how I work with the topic of UAP or UFO experience, I do want to add that there is an important factor here that we must consider as psychotherapists, and that is when a person has an unusual experience, such as an encounter with a UFO, it is very difficult to put into words. The experience is very different. We're talking about two different dimensions, at least two. And so trying to put language into an experience that comes from another dimension is very, very difficult. The brain, for example, normally tries to gather information and then compare notes with other experiences. That's our way of making sense of the world and our future experiences. But when you have an encounter that cannot be explained, that cannot be put into language, it is very, very difficult to explain and to share. And there is no reference point. There is nothing that the brain can compare it to. The only thing that it might be able to go to are things that we might have seen on TV or documentaries or pictures. But when we do so, we give off the perception that our narrative or our stories are just as fictitious as the movies we've seen in the past. So this is the problem that happens when we encounter an unusual phenomena that cannot be explained and that the brain cannot make any reference to. 
Now, the third thing that I do when working with UAP or UFO experience is I want to help the person to establish meaning, the meaning that they can gather from their experience. I'd like for them to understand the patterns within the experience itself. And then, of course, as we touched on earlier, how to understand the dynamics that now influence the relationships and the careers and their own personal life. Now, let me address each of these briefly. Meaning-making, patterns, and dynamics. Meaning-making is something that is quite important to us as human beings. We want to make sense of the world, and then we want to go deeper and understand why. Why are we here? Why such suffering? What is my purpose in life? These are questions that we want to understand almost at a routine level, let alone when we have major events occur in our lives. And I believe that in many unusual phenomena, such as near-death experiences, UFO experiences, even apparitions on a paranormal level, I believe all of these have an existential value, an existential component to them that really causes us or nudges us in some indirect way to ask a question about life and death. So the process of meaning-making is no easy deed. It takes time, and it can be fascinating, complex, and confusing all at the same time. But nevertheless, these experiences move us, actually force us to find some sort of meaning. What was behind it all? Next are patterns. Now, there's a place for the observer to explore his or her internal world. And there are patterns there that we want to look at. These are the patterns that govern our lives. So after an experience, I am curious to know, how has your mental and emotional worlds been impacted and now influence your current world? But by patterns, I also mean something else. I am very curious to hear the stories and understand the patterns within the narrative itself. For example, was the encounter with a UFO distressful? Was it just fascinating? And if there were characters involved, were they emotional? Or did they seem to have no emotion whatsoever? The reason for investigating these patterns is because I believe that the experience or the narrative impacts our lives through these patterns. We usually say that, yeah, the experience impacted my life, but, but I think better to say the patterns within the experience have impacted our lives. Now, on a personal note, and one as someone who is just curious to learn from people and learn about their stories and their experiences, I find it fascinating to hear similar and dissimilar reports when it comes to encounters with UFOs and UAPs. And what that does for me on a personal note is I'm just fascinated to understand this world and to understand this world through the experiences of others. 
And when people talk about having encounters and feeling impacted just by the very sight of a UFO, or when people talk about the characters that might be involved, the characters being non-human intelligences. But as I listen to people share their narratives, I find it fascinating to try to make sense of this world that we call extraterrestrial intelligence and UFO. It's fascinating because it seems like they play cat and mouse games with us and are often evasive. Not many of us have seen UFOs. Um, But it's also really interesting to understand why would that be? Why would they be evasive? Why do they act the way that they do? All of these questions just fascinate me personally. And it's as if we can create our own narrative as we look into this mysterious universe to understand what seems to be extraterrestrial intelligence and to figure them out or try to figure them out by using all of these stories to understand the behavior within the narrative. But on a professional level, when we work with people who have encountered such experiences, We want them to understand those patterns because those patterns impact their lives. And this leads us to the whole concept of dynamics. Now, the concept of dynamics, of course, involves our relationship to those things external, to those people around our lives, to our careers. And it's important for us to understand how our experiences impacted us. And so I like to investigate and explore that in order to make sure that the experience doesn't become an inhibitor, that it doesn't interfere with their lives. So that's important. But what makes it even more interesting are dynamics that are part of the mystery. Some people who have had unusual phenomena seem to attain an ability that they didn't once have, whether that's the ability to perceive something or intuition, uh, in some cases, some precognition. There, there's something that seems to happen in these people's lives that it, it entails more to the story, even though the event is now over. And I find that extremely fascinating. And so it's important for us to understand this aspect of dynamics when it comes to a person's life, someone who has had a kind of experience that we cannot explain, something else happens that leads them into yet another phase of the experience. And even more so to this is there is something that I quite can't put into words yet, but seems to happen more often than not. When I encounter someone who has had an experience, sometimes my own energy changes or shifts. And I haven't talked a whole lot to people around that yet, but it seems like in cases when I've had some dialogue with some folks, there's this energetic shift that occurs. Sometimes I feel almost an elevation of energy, and sometimes it isn't quite that strong, but yet it leaves me in a different place. And so I say that because, number one, that's fascinating even to explore. 
But number two, I say that for you psychotherapists in order to understand the power of this engagement is strong, I believe. And I, and I think it's important for you to know what to prepare yourself for. I hope that this episode was helpful to you as an observer and experiencer, as well as to a psychotherapist who might be listening and who's interested in this field, but yet may not know how to tread. Please remember to subscribe to this channel and tell others about it. And please share your reviews. I am interested in listening to what you have to say about the topic about what you would like to hear, feel free to contact me at bodymindmetaphor.com. Until then, stay well. Body Mind Metaphor offers traditional psychotherapy to adults seeking to recover from trauma and to manage depression and anxiety. Now with a unique and necessary twist, it provides these same interventions to individuals who have experienced unusual phenomena, such as a near-death experience, an encounter with a UFO, some mystical or esoteric transformation that proved distressful, or a paranormal event. Many who meet up with a strange experience often remain silent, sometimes for years, for fear of being ridiculed or thought of as crazy. This isolation only inflames mental and emotional symptoms. It is therefore imperative that mental health professionals provide that safe space for clients to explore these experiences and integrate them into our lives. Body-Mind Metaphor delivers just that, by using talk therapy, hypnotherapy, and other therapeutic modalities. Remember, you are not alone, and you don't have to be. For more information, visit us at bodymindmetaphor.com. Body, mind, metaphor.